Um, so my name is Lisa D. I am one of the leaders of this meeting. The other speaker is Christine. The session is being taped and will not be edited. Please note that this session might be available online or a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. And I have a list of names you can pick from if you can't come up. Um, would some of, someone please volunteer to be a timekeeper? Terrific. Um, timekeepers in the front. Um, my name is Lisa D. I've already said that. I am living in Watertown, Massachusetts for the last almost 30 years. I'm originally from central Pennsylvania. And I'm feeling particularly sad right this minute. And um, what I had hoped to say this morning has completely lost. So I'm going to try to just keep going. Because right now body image is not. It's the idea of body image. And that it has taken up so much of my time and my life. And how much I have worried about it. When it doesn't matter. I, you know, I am realizing how much of my life I have wasted. This morning, my biggest concern was that I caught a glimpse of my posterior in a mirror, which I don't usually do. And I thought, oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> does my husband see this? Um, oh, and he doesn't because I'm, I never take my clothes off. Um, so... Um, I've been in program since um, 2010. I came in at the end of May. Um, I have been relieved of 80 or so pounds, maybe more. I don't know how I weighed. If I if I say I, it doesn't matter. I weigh a lot less, and um, in the lo- in the last year, I'm down another 10 pounds. And um, when I went out this afternoon at the lunch break and got my messages, um, I thought, oh, if only I could have cream in my coffee, everything would feel better. And, um, and then I realized that no, it wouldn't make anything better and it wouldn't make me feel better. And one of the things I have learned in this program is how vain and arrogant I am. Two of the things, I guess, that would be two more things. I am vain and arrogant. And, um, I ha- and since I have lost the last 10 pounds, I am now way less than I did in high school. And so I kind of want to go back. Um, <laughs> and I also don't feel any thinner than when I was really fat. I am undeniably smaller and I don't and I feel like I take up an enormous amount of space and part of that is because of my personality and part of that is I have learned is dysmorphia I just don't know what I look like and um, I come from a family of very good-looking people. And um, they, um, I was going to say they all look like me, only better. Um, but they all look like me. And we're not bad. I'm not bad-looking. 
you know, I have symmetrical features. Um, I often have longer hair. Um, it did not bring down the patriarchy when I shaved it off two weeks ago. Um, we're working on it, but, um, but it did piss off my dad, if that helps. Um, um, although that's no longer my intent. So, but, so my body image doesn't seem to have much to do with my weight loss. When I catch a glimpse of myself on the street in a window, I don't know who I'm seeing because I don't recognize that size. And um, the other day, um, I was on the boutique level. If you haven't been to the boutique, check it out, (laughs) on level G3. Um, While I was waiting for the elevator, I was dancing, waiting for the elevator. I tend to dance a lot. Um, Somebody else was dancing through the fitness center. And I thought, look at her dancing. And it was me. And I thought, oh, goodness. <laughs> um, but it, it looked like she was having a good time. And I was having a good time. So um, I, there is no question that I was unhappy being heavy. And if I could have enjoyed it, I would be there enjoying it. I tried my hardest to embrace the um, fat positive uh, movement. I tried very hard to eat what I wanted and feel good about it. It turns out that um, nothing I ate made me feel good about anything. And... um, um, And even being thin, I think I can say that because I think I might actually be thin. I think being thin, I am a happier person, but I don't know that it's because I'm thin. I think it's because through this program, I have stopped trying to change the people in my life whom I blamed for making me fat because it wasn't their fault. Um, I have been married for uh, 28 years to a very patient and um, possibly not self-actualized man. And um, he's uh, uh, been very supportive of this. He was not digging this in the beginning. Um, He um, thought it was going to be too rigid And um, in the program I follow, uh, I'm a moderate 90-dayer. I don't know if people know 90 days around here. 90 days in our area means most people in the 90-day program don't eat flour and sugar, weigh and measure their meals, and um, often commit their meals before they eat it to their sponsors. When I say I'm a moderate weigher and measurer, I measure my food when I'm at home, and um, when my daughter, I have two girls, two, two assigned female at birth children, and um, uh, one said, don't you hate weighing your food? And I said, 
I have never felt safer. So I, I like that, but I don't have to have it. I'm here without it, and um, um, I don't eat recreational wheat or sugar. Um, there, they are sometimes ingredients in some of the food I eat, but I don't, I don't eat bread or pasta or okay, anything. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but um, I, I find working the steps around my body issues. Um, would probably be a good... I was going to say, I find it challenging to do, and I think it's not just challenging. I don't do it. Um, but as I'm looking at this room full of people, I'm thinking, maybe I could use the 12 steps to help me with this. Um, I don't know if there's anyone here who... <laughs> but um, I, I... There's a lot. I, what, where's the, what are we on time? Somewhere? You have 12 minutes left. Oh, 12 minutes. Great. Um, that's a lot of time. Um, uh, uh, looks were very important to my family growing up. It was a big deal how you looked. And um, I always thought I was fat. I was chubby. I wasn't as fat as I became. You know, if I had worried as much about being a tall, thin, rich, blonde woman, maybe I would be tall, thin, you know, and whatever. I, 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 f I have wasted time. And... Um, I have become a helpful human being, and I go to work without any makeup, and I don't do my nails because I have to cut them every other. And now that I mentioned my nails, I can feel them growing, just so you know. So I keep my <laughs> nails really short, um, and I am a little bit jealous of women who... Um, Put, can put themselves together, and um, we go. I go to a meeting at seven fifteen on um, two mornings a week, and there are women like done up and look. They go to work. They get up. They get up. They people. You guys do this, and it's just. Um, um, you'd think for someone as vain as myself, I would maybe have gotten on that bandwagon, but I, I can't do it. Um, um, for me, body image is tied up a lot with um, sex. I'm sorry for the men and people not involved in sex in the room, but um, I, um, I have used sex to um, when I'm not when I when I was a kid and my in, as an adolescent and early teen no not early teen as an an early twenties and late teens I use sex instead of food and um, um, it, if I if I were thin enough for um, someone to want to have sex with me then everything was okay um, and for those of you who haven't been dating in a while. Um, men are not particularly discriminating. <laughs> so um, it didn't really, no offense. Um, uh, it, you know, I just, it wasn't, in, it, it was no longer a way to get that hit. It was just punishing. And I'm, as I'm talking to you now, I'm, I'm, so it, I have used 
food to be punishing, and I have used sex to be punishing. And, um, um, and I have used shopping to be punishing. I can use anything. But um, um, the body image is the biggest thing because it keeps coming back. It, like, it, it keeps coming back no matter... It, I am now only weighing myself a certain amount of time um, um, a month um, as opposed to um, every other hour. And um, so I have a lot more free time. And um, um, I... Um, just for shopping and sex, yeah. Um, uh, so... Um, um, I'm... I'm really struggling with this body image thing, and I didn't think I would. You know, I'm 54 years old. Um, I have offspring um, who are not quite launched, but if they don't launch, eventually they won't. You know, it'll happen or it won't, right? I'm no longer worrying about what's going to happen to them because there's nothing. The only time I have been relaxed in the last six months no, two years is when I thought North Korea was going to blow us all to shit. So now that we're in better shape, I'm, like, worried again, thinking about my posterior in the mirror. Um, I am so sorry. I really was looking forward to this and thought I might have something to offer. And it's, um, this is what I got for today. So thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Christine, compulsive overeater from, from Westchester. I'm going to point out pictures. Well, I'm not talking right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what do I, what I'm going to say ref- is my personal recovery. It doesn't reflect OA as a whole. I might swear and curse. I might be offensive. So get over it. Um, <laughs> So, but this is my story. And, you know, when we share, like, you know, we had a meeting and um, they always say, if you share, you share dirty, you know. So um, I have an idea what I'm going to share, but I don't know what's going to come out. So just hang on with me. Okay. So um, I came in program in 2000. Okay. Okay. Um, what should I I came in program in 2001. Um, there was, um, a little thing in the community almanac section of the paper for Messies Anonymous, Phobics Anonymous, and Overeaters Anonymous. And I asked my mom which one I should go to. She said all three of them, um, because I was close to 300 pounds. I was living at home. Um, I was more fucked up than a soup sandwich. I didn't know if I was coming or going. I had my glasses on top of my head all the time going, where the hell are my glasses? Couldn't find my keys. Couldn't find anything. My, I lived at home. I had a job. I had no financial responsibility and I had $10,000 worth of credit card debt. And, um, and I was a mess. And so I went to Overeaters Anonymous because that was the only meeting that fit with my schedule. And, um, and everybody there was like 30 years older than me, but they read um, 
welcome home. And I knew I was home. And they said, go to six meetings before you decide it was right for you. And I knew I didn't need to go to six meetings. Um, they said, go to three meetings a week. And I did that. And then I branched out to different meetings over time and yada, yada. And, um, so that's more of my story. Um, when I came in a program, um, I suffer from seasonal affective disorder and I'm a worshiper of the high holy holidays of Halloween, my birthday, <laughs> my birthday's next week, Thanksgiving, Christmas and Valentine's day. And that's where I gain like my 60 to hundred pounds during that time. And then the other six months I work on losing that weight with diet pills and blah, 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 and all that other stuff. So I was told to start off my 90 and 90 with the Region 6 convention, do every single workshop, marathon, retreat during this time, and then back end it with the East Coast Service Convention, which is no longer. That was in March. And I did that, and that was the first year. I took a shower every day. I showed up for work every day, and I lost weight during that period of time. So... Um, what else? So in regard to body image, you know, OA killed my body image because before OA, I never saw myself from the neck down, you know, um, and then, you know, it was very weird. Um, I remember I was in the Stanford Mall once with a friend and um, I don't know, I lost like, I don't know how much weight I'd lost at that time. I came in, I think I was like, close to 300 pounds and I was in the mall and someone's like, oh my God, look at you. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know, and they're like, oh, you've lost so much weight. And I'm like, ah. I don't know. Like, I didn't know what I did. Like, because when I, you know, they say, if you focus on the weight, you lose your recovery. If you focus on the recovery, you lose the weight. So by working my steps and doing service and stuff like that, like during that 90, 90, I had to service at every single meeting, like putting away chairs, taking someone home, bringing someone to the meeting or whatever. If I had enough absence, I could share at the meeting. So that got me outside of my head. Um, so I didn't know what all this looks like. And um, it took me two years to lose 150 pounds. And so um, for the people, the haters to say, like, you lost weight too fast, is that like it was 75 pounds a year. It was healthy. It was fine. Um, it was really weird when I lost more weight than I currently weighed. That was a little bizarre in itself. Um, you know, and then, you know, with the body images and stuff, you know, I went from a 42 double D to like my B, my little B needed life preservers in my bra. You know, um, I joke around that I had to wait, move them out of the way to go pee, you know, but it's all about that gratitude because then I had a kid. So now I'm walk, move kicking them as I walk. But um, the only reason that they're there is to nourish my kid, you know, and stuff like that. So, at, you know, at the end of the day, that's really what they're there for. Um, but then I got really angry with my body because I could, they, I had a hard time nursing and stuff like that. And that had to do with my weight. You know, my weight is the gift that keeps on giving regardless. I'm, I'm working towards a healthier body weight to release the baby weight and stuff like that. Um, since I was an overweight, obese kid, um, I have like insulin resistance and like my hormones are all screwed up and yada, yada, yada. So, um, that made pregnancy so much more fun. But anyway, so, um, you know, I did lose like over like 150 pounds and then with the pregnancy, I gained 50 pounds and, um, working on releasing the rest of the weight, you know, to be, and I just pray to be whatever weight God intends for me to be. 
Um, you know, when I was losing weight, like that, for, you know, first time going around, um, people were having plastic surgery that their insurance companies were paying for. And I was like, well, shit, my insurance company's not going to pay for all this loose skin and this and that. So I just always, sometimes I sat there and thought, well, if I cut myself with a scissor or like if I cut the loose skin with a scissor, how fast could the EMS get here before I bleed out, you know? But it's all about, you know just the craziness of all this stuff. But what helped me, there's a lot more craziness than that, but what helped me in program to get away from the craziness, because I'm batshit crazy, um, and because you would never be rich enough, never be thin enough, never be smart enough, you know, it's like da, da, da. But in program, I am enough, I have enough, I do enough. And that's where a lot of the, like my affirmations come in from and help me. So one of the things that was really helpful early on in program is I had this crazy ass sponsor who made me do affirmations in the mirror naked. And when I, yeah. And, um, and then when I talked to her in the morning, I had to pick a body part and tell her the body part that I was grateful for. I had to name three things that I was grateful for this body part. And, you know, when I was stuck on my toe for like a week, you know, I had to pick a different body part. And then when I went to my ear, I had to pick a different body, you know, and stuff until I went through my whole entire body. And it was a little nauseating. But, you know, it helped me just be grateful because instead of like comparing my body to somebody else's, they said, I'd rather be a first rate me than a second rate somebody else, you know. Um, and I'm grateful that my body's strong, to, you know, today and I could do things and I could walk without being winded or I could actually walk because it's like, do I really want to do that? It's going to make me sweaty. It's going to make me short of breath. It's going to make me, I'm like, so I'm like, oh, I'd rather not go there or do this or do that. But now I was like, I could do things. Um, I used to like, you know, I go to the gym since I've had this kid. She's five. She's going to college next. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, she's five. But um, I had a really hard time. You know, I had a like, so when I was 37 weeks pregnant, I didn't feel her. And I had to go to the hospital and all that crap. And the nurse told me that they respond to sugar and I need to have sugar. And that's why she wasn't moving. And that started my relapse. And then when I wasn't nursing, um, when my milk didn't come in and stuff, I met someone in late one of the breastfeeding support groups. And she was in that old how meetings. And she told me that my food plan is too restricted and I should eat whatever I need to eat because that will help my milk production come in. That exacerbated my relapse, which is a bunch of shit. But anyway, so, and there's all this negative self-hate, but I've got back on a food plan and I was doing really well last year. You know, God had released me of like 15 pounds and, you know, I was getting back into the, back to basics, things that work, the naked affirmations in the mirror, um, putting on body lotion every day, getting, you know, I used to chomp on my nails, like every week I get my nails done. So it's that gratitude of, thank God that I have this much, you know, what also helps me is I make a list of gratitudes and a list of thanks, you know, things that I'm thankful for, that I have the money that like, it's not that like, oh, I go get my nails done. It's like, I'm grateful I have a job that I could afford this luxury. So it's 10 bucks a month, 10 bucks a week, but it's still a luxury because a lot of people don't have 10 bucks a week to spare and getting their nails done and stuff like that. Um, you know, um, in program, so, you know, I'm grateful for our elders in program because someone took me to like the lamb comb. My mom, you know, my mom has short hair. She's never worn makeup. I don't know how to put makeup on, you know, it's like paint by numbers. Um, you know, but so one of the elders in program took me into the Lancome counter at Lord and Taylor. And if you buy like a certain amount of money, like certain amount of makeup, like I think it's 50 bucks, they do your 
colors for you and stuff like that. So every six months, I would go get my makeup done and stuff like that. Another person took me to go get a bra fitting. Has anybody got a bra fitting? It's like amazing, you know. I'm like, it's the best. You know, it's better than like buying a bra at like Target or Walmart. I'm like, it's so, and it's like snug butt. It's like, it's great. It's the best money I think I've ever spent. Because if I feel crap about myself, if I'm not, and the, the, I just spew all that shit out to everybody else. But if I feel good about myself and, you know, um, it just helps me just be a better person and carry the message. Because the whole part of this is like, I'm not, Losing, you know, I don't want to lose weight to be like, I don't know, to upgrade my husband or this or that or the other thing. It's just about so I could carry the message to people that are out there and sick and suffering. If I'm 300 pounds, what message am I carrying? And for me, it wasn't so much about the weight. It was about the crazy shit. Like, I was crazy. I was depressed. I was suicidal. I was homicidal. Um you know, and I was just miserable and my world was so small. And now I have an ability to help people um, that are suffering from this disease. And, you know, for that, I'm really grateful. Um, one of the acronyms that I really like is binge, you know. So when, you know, I've been in, I was in relapse for the last, thank God I've like, have like a year now, year back, but for the last four years, um, with the slipping and sliding and like the binges here and there, it's like I heard this acronym is binge is because I'm not good enough. And that's like one of my favorites and stuff like that. And today I know I, I am enough, I have enough, and I do enough. And I do have this body dysmorphia. And I remember like I'd lose weight, I'd gain weight, I'd lose weight, I'd gain weight, you know, over the, you know, before program and stuff. And I remember when I was home, my parents never saw me gain so much weight in a short period of time. And I gained, this is what, 18 years ago, 17 years ago, I gained 100 pounds in four months. And, um, I always joke around, I was like Ben and Jerry in high school, the only two men in my life. And, um, <laughs> and um, anyway, it's a love, of, you know, that love-hate relationship. Anyway, um, so, um, and like my parents helped. My dad, you know, offered me like $100 per pound if I lost 70 pounds by my birthday. And, you know, I was done by lunch, you know, trying to figure out what pills I was going to take and what diet I was going to do and all that crap. But, um, but then I like looked in the mirror and I'm like, holy crap. Like, even though I'm a chunky girl, I was like, I was just like straight, like my calves were the same size of my thighs. And I didn't realize that. But then also when I lost weight, you know, when I was places I would turn sideways because I didn't think people would pass, you know, past me. And that's when, after I released the 150 pounds, so it was, it was very bizarre. So, um, Today, I just ask to be right-sized and, you know, stuff like that and just love myself, you know. So going back to basics, I do, you know, I have this five-year-old girl. And um, so just the world saw, like, the world's awful and stuff like that. And some of these kids are, like, really freaking mean. And, you know, anyway, so we just talk about self-acceptance and self-love. So every day, you know, when we're getting dressed in the morning, we have this full-length mirror, I was like, my poor husband probably thinks like he doesn't even live in this house. But anyway, I have this mirror behind the door and it has affirmations all around it and stuff. And every day before we leave the bedroom, we say, I love and I accept you as you are today. And then we go out, you know, and I do our hair and whatever, and we get our day started because I didn't know how to love me. And I don't know what I'm doing with this little five-year-old. You know, she's just a spirit, you know, she's just, she has her own little spirit and I'm just here to be a witness and 
you know, whatever I'm supposed to do with her. God tells me what I'm supposed to do. But um, I just try to love her and to show her that self-acceptance because I had so much self-abuse as a kid. You know, it was always like, you know, um, I just hated life, you know, because I was always so chubby. You know, I was always dressed like a boy. I had short hair. I was always wearing brown and yellow. I never liked, so everything is like pink and purple, and it looked like the rainbow threw up all over this kid, you know, and it's okay, and she loves it, and, you know, and um, so it's all about, you know, you know, just grateful that, you know, so today with the gratitude with the body, you know, I'm grateful, you know, because if I don't have that gratitude, it says gratitude is altitude. The more gratitude I have, the higher my altitude, you know, my attitude is. The worse my gratitude, the less my gratitude is, the worse my mood is. Um, so like by doing the affirmations every day and by doing the gratitudes, like, you know, I'm grateful for my legs because they walk, you know. So what? They, and they also add wiggle to my jiggle, you know, and it's great. You know, way back when, a couple of years ago, it's before I had the kid, I was laying in bed and my feet were up like in a triangle and we were watching TV and I don't know, like my, my nightgown moved or something and I had this, all this loose skin just pulled out onto the bed and I was just like, what the fuck is this? And my husband lovingly said, it's the place to put the remote control. <laughs> I sat up, and I looked to see what I could stab him with. Um, A crayon, a carrot, whatever. I was going to stab him. Um, And I was mortified. And he's like, what? You know, and he's like, if it bothers you this much, go have surgery. And... um, and, you know, surgery is an option, but then I'm paranoid and I'm psychotic and I'm crazy. So my legs work. So why do I want to put myself through surgery? I'm like, I'll probably get an infection and get an amputation or something like that. <laughs> so they work. So who cares? You know, and um, so I wear pantyhose. So everything just stays sucked in. <laughs> and nobody has to know what all this looks like. So um, and just grateful for it, you know, and like... Um, what else? Like, you know, so I try to, you know, I'm praying for the willingness to go back to the gym. So last year, what was it? Last year, I was like, really, you know, I've been working the big book, you know, going through all my steps again. And I just always go over my, like, every time I finish my 12 steps, I go over it a different way, a different method, different sponsor. And last year, God released me of like 15 pounds. And I work in a hospital. And this is going to sound bad, but I was talking to a patient's family member in the hallway. It was, they were related to my husband, so it wasn't like, you know, breaking confidentiality or anything like that. But I was talking to this person in the hallway, and someone from administration walked over and was like, oh, my God, look at you. You've lost so much weight. I was like, really? I'm like, with this whole Me Too movement and diversity, and what right does this person have to make a comment about my weight and saying, go fuck yourself, like, is not appropriate in the workplace, first of all. And, um, and thank God this was a family member, like, my family member that I was talking to, you know, because they know my weight struggles and all this other stuff and my journey, my weight journey. But, you know, if it was somebody else, I'd be like, yeah, I used to be a fat bastard, you know. But what, like, so all that and then... Um, I had three different I had three different incidences where I had three different swollen lymph nodes. So I was like, "Oh my god, I have cancer. I'm dying." So I stopped weighing and measuring my food and I gained the 15 pounds back. So now I'm just being like, "Okay, God, just make me be that vessel and whatever I'm supposed to learn and I'm supposed to learn and 
hopefully who's ever listening to this tape that's part of like HR, maybe they'll make some adjustments in their workplace because uh, it's not appropriate at all. And I don't know how to handle it. What, if anybody has any suggestions or options for me, let me know. But it's not appropriate in the workplace to make judgment on other people's bodies. Like what, right? Like it just drives, like, yeah. This puts me over the edge and um, at work. So that's why I wear like a lot of dresses. I don't wear anything form-fitting. Um, because I don't want to be like, you know, it's like, I want every, you know, being a, being an addict, I want everybody to notice me, but I don't want nobody to see me, you know, um, and stuff. So, you know, as I grow into my skin and, you know, be the person that my higher power intends for me to be, I want to be witness to my journey. I don't want other people to be making judgments and comments. I want to be able to cut my hair without someone saying, oh, you got a haircut? Who cares? Who cares? You know, or I got like a different shirt. Who cares? You know, and um, I have to pray for acceptance and um, and stuff like that. And I just try to hope that I could just keep on sharing, you know, keep on sharing my journey and um, and trying to help whoever I could help, wherever I could help them. So thank you for being here today. This workshop will end at six. That was great. Um, this workshop will end at six p.m. We will now open the floor and microphone for three-minute pitches. The timer will signal you when you have one minute left. If you would like to share, please come to the front of the room. It says, "Yes, to the right." Uh, you must sign the release before you speak. Step up to the microphone and introduce yourself. Tell us where you are from, how long you've been in OA. We would like to remind OA members who are in other fellowships to speak only to your personal recovery in OA. Please stick to the topic of this meeting. For those who arrived late, the topic of this workshop is body image. The meeting is now open for sharing. And because we're being recorded, if you do not want your name, use a different name. Who's the timer? Hi, timer. Um, I'm Rowan. I'm a food addict and uh, anorexic. Um, really grateful to be in this. When I when I saw the topics for the weekend, I thought, yes, this is this is the one I really want to go to because I've had a measure of change that I'm here to share, which is no less than a huge, huge miracle. Um, I came in. I mean, I've I've been anorexic and I've been I've been overweight. Um, but the prevailing f- feeling I've had throughout it, when even after being in oh, I've been in OA since two thousand three, um, <clears throat> is that I was fat, ugly, stupid, and dumb. No matter what I did, and uh, you know, I kept coming and I kept working steps. And I kept measuring my food and going to meetings. And, um, you know, it, it was almost like an elastic band that no matter what I did, you know, I had some, it, it just, what I'm trying to say is no human power could relieve this for me, is that I could put all of the powerful, you know, uh, visions of stuff of who I am on the walls. And I could look in the mirror and somehow inside I felt like I'm just damaged, like this is never going to change for me. 
And, um, you know, I really started going to my higher power for this when I realized that none of this stuff is going to work unless I completely am willing to let it go and find out, you know, what would it be like if I feel loved? And I don't mean from you. I mean unconditionally loved from me because I'm telling you, if anybody treated me the way I treated my body, I'd get a gun and I would have shot them years ago. No one has been meaner to me than me. No one has been meaner to you than me. Because I think part of it is our society, certainly. Thank you. Um, And so all I can say to you is I don't feel that way ever anymore. And um, I I know part of it is that I've had a spiritual awakening. A higher power has done for me what I could not, absolutely could not do for myself. I have to say this. I would highly recommend having a daughter who has an eating disorder to help you get through it. Um, There's nothing like watching her almost kill herself from bulimia for me to really get to the truth of it for me. The other thing, which I'm not, I'm not being glib about, but I'm saying there is nothing like being completely powerless to understand the nature of, of this relentless disease. Secondly, go to a nude beach <laughs> with your daughter. Take all your clothes off and realize that, you know, I'm a woman among women, and this doesn't have anything to do with what goes in my head has nothing to do with my worth and my reality and allow my higher power to return to take it from me and that has worked for me and I'm really grateful Hello, my name is Isabel I'm a compulsive overactor and a food addict and I live in uh, Massachusetts and, but I'm originally from France and so body image for me was especially being from France has been a very huge uh, issue for me I always thought uh, I was fat, even if I was not. It In my head, I was like 400 pounds. So when I came, when I came to OA and I heard people say, women say that they were 300 pounds and they didn't feel like they were 300, they felt they were like 150 pounds. I was like, wow, how lucky they were. Because in my head, I was so, uh, it was so bad. And I remember one time, I had gained like maybe 10 pounds and my son was in a French school in in the United States. And I called a friend and I said, because I could could gain 10 pounds in one weekend, I called a friend and said, can you pick up my son at school? Because I didn't want people to see me. And I said, wow, this is very bad. This is very bad. Um, And also when I looked at pictures, for example, I would say, oh, I'm so fat. But then I look at pictures at the time I was saying that. I said, I was not that fat that bad um, and it was a few days ago I said to my husband oh I'm so fat I love he said stop it stop it you're not fat um, and few I went to France this summer because my father passed away and when I came back I saw my, one of my neighbors and she looked at me and she was like oh you look so skinny I said first of all I'm not skinny but uh, I said to her why would you well, we'll give you, and I didn't say it this way, I didn't say it in a nicer way, but I said, you know, it hurts my feeling when you say that. I mean, because if I say, for example, to you, what, what, no, I say, if I say to you, you're too fat, how would you feel? I say, it's exactly the same thing to say to someone, you're too skinny or you're too fat. It's exactly, why is, why is it okay 
for people to say you are too skinny, but it's not okay for people to say you are too fat. It's exactly the same. So she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, uh, and then someone else again in the, prog- in the program told me the same thing, and I told her, and she said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that, but it's true. It's true. We are so quick in telling people they are too skinny, but it's, we don't say <laughs> too fat, so it's exactly the same. So anyway, and I'm not too skinny at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Beth, compulsive overeater, bulimic, and anorexic from um, Nashua, New Hampshire, and I've been in OA since May of 87. Um, Body image, number one, I just have to say I've been coming to conventions for a number of years. I've been coming to conventions for a number of years. I have never in my life seen the body image workshop this crowded. Okay, it it used to be we'd be in half this room and more seats would be empty than full. So I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. It's just a thing. Um, but body image, yes, as I heard, and I heard the speaker this afternoon, between my ears, I've been 300 pounds since the day I was born. Um, it didn't matter what my body looked like. Um, that's the image I had. And I have somebody here said about standing in front of the, the mirror naked, And um, years ago, my sponsor had recommended that I look in the mirror and say, I love you, Beth. And I could look in my eyes. I love you, Beth. And that was it. I was out of the bathroom. And then little by little, I learned that I could look at my body. And, you know, I went through the, oh, my God, that's so disgusting. And then I went, you know, I've now it's just, it's so, no, you know what? It's reality. That's the way I look today. That's where I am today. This 24 hours, that's okay. Um, years ago in a body image workshop, I, I, I didn't quite know how to be concrete with the idea of body image. And I heard someone say, I was so heavy, I didn't know where I ended and my desk began. So I always had bruises on my knees and my hips because I'd hit into the desk. Oh, how did the desk get so close? Well, the desk wasn't that close. I was just out that far from my chair. And, um... And then I could identify with it. Yep, I've done that. Bruises on my knees all the time. And um, so that just helped me make it more concrete. The other thing is when I've qualified, I have, you know, book of pictures. And I have a picture of myself from when I was on my honeymoon, still active in my anorexia, restricting and bulimia. And I was in a two-piece bathing suit, this little body. And... See, I still have that anorexic bulimic thing in my head because I was really cute. And then I have a picture of myself, maybe 12, 13 pounds, 13 pounds, 13 years later with my husband. And I had on a wide striped top and I was heavier than I am now. And I had hair that I had had permed and I thought it looked great. It looked awful. I looked like Ronald McDonald. (laughs) And I was standing next to my husband who was sitting and I looked at it and I said to him, who is that next to you? I had no idea that that's what I looked like. But I put them in my book together. The girl in the two-piece suit and the girl in the striped top. Um, woman, I guess I should say. And um, was the same person inside. In my head, I was the same. So it's... Um, I just thank OA for letting me know that um, I'm okay. No matter what. Thanks. Thanks. 
Hi, my name's Almarie. I'm from New York, and um, it's a, my first um, conference. So, th hi. This is um, a really, really, I'm sorry, can you hear me now? Oh, oh okay. Okay. Um, so, this is a really uh, very difficult topic for me because um, I can't see myself. I, I, I see myself... Either I feel I'm really thin or I feel I'm really fat. So the only thing that comes into my mind, last week a, a very dear friend of mine, uh, her son got married, and she invited myself, my husband, and my two girls. I have two girls. They don't live at home. They're in their 20s. And we, the, we just had so much fun. I was buying. I went and bought a dress, and uh, I've been in recovery since 1987 and abstinent the last eight and some eight years or so but the last few every year I try to get myself you know I, I give up more and more weigh measure and this year I gave the last couple of years I gave myself the gift of a gym because I had a knee replacement and um, anyway so um, so that being said I went shopping and I found this dress that I really loved and I took pictures and I felt so pretty sent it to my girls and back and I showed all the girls at work you know all that girly stuff I'm sorry <laughs> so, so it was I felt so good and I we went to the wedding my girls and I and took pictures and when I saw the pictures of myself I said you fat piece of crap like what how do you get away with feeling that way and when does this change when does that dysmorphia I, I don't know what I look like I could see myself in a mirror in, in a picture and feel good and then the pictures after the wedding I was like my stomach my this my that like just tore it apart and the all the self-loathing came back and the shame as if I were eating and um but just being here and listening, you know, to everybody and um, and sharing this pain with you, I have to give it to God. And I just want to hold on to that feeling like I'm raising these two strong, amazing women. And I want them not to, you know, they see me going to the gym and doing and I do weigh and measure and they use my cup now to, to like to, to serve themselves a half a cup or whatever it is. And I want them to hold on to that. And um this is hard. It's painful, but um, I can't. Th these two women were amazing, and um, this conference has been amazing, and thank you for letting me share. I'm Bobby. I'm a food addict from Massachusetts, and I'm very short, so you might only see this part of me, you know, my little hair sticking up in the air. Um, anyways, um, I am really, thank you. Thank you, Lisa D., and thank you. Um, also, I think it's your name. Thank you very much, both of you, um, for your sharing. Um, I have suffered with my body image since I was 10 and a half years old, 11. I developed when I was 10 and a half, and I grew to the height I am now. I'm only 4 foot 11 and a half, but, you know, I was tall when I was a kid growing up because I'm 110 years old. So, um, you know, um, I look pretty damn good for 110, don't I? Uh, anyways, um, I... Um, you know, I developed early, and nobody was tall. When I was a kid, there wasn't giant kids like there are now, you know. Um, and I don't know if that's because there's preservatives out there and all that stuff, but that's beside the point. Um, you know, I, have, I work with students all the time, and I've got kids that are bigger than me, for God's sakes, you know, and they're like 13 or 12. But anyways, I digress. Um, um, 
anyways, I hated myself because I thought I was a giant. I thought I was a, and oh, somebody described me one time as solid. Don't do that to a person, a kid. Solid sounds fat to me, and that's what I thought. And I look at pictures of myself. I wasn't fat at all. I was perfectly fine, except for I looked like I was 15 and I was 10, you know. Um, and, and that brings about other stuff, too, I guess. I don't know. I was not a happy little girl until I hit about 13. And then, oh, then I discovered diets, and um, I thought I was fat, so I restricted all through school. And because of my generation that I am, I was, um, there was no Jennifer Lopez's or Beyonce's. You had to be stick straight. You're supposed to be, look like a 14-year-old boy with boobs when I was growing up, like Twiggy or something. And, um, you know, that's not my shape. I have a booty and, you know, I was very curvy um, growing up. And I look at pictures of that girl and I did her a big disservice, you know. And then when it became self-prophesizing and I became after I was 25, I got so fat. I was up to a size 24. Thank you, God, I don't wear that now. And um, I was 260 pounds when I walked in here. And as a result of being 260 pounds and losing 130 pounds in a year, I, um, you know, I have like bat wings, you know, Miami wings, loose skin around my arms. And, you know, I pick about that all the time. And I don't know, I just turned 61 last um, on Thursday night. And you know what? I'm okay now. Tough shit if I have bat wings. That's just what I've got. Those are my war wounds. Tough shit if my legs are kind of caught as cheesy at places. Who's And you know what? The lights can be off if any gentleman's ever lucky enough to be. And like somebody said, maybe they're not as discriminate. I don't want to pick on the poor men. I feel bad for the five, the three men that are probably in this room. God bless you, too, you know. So um, I don't want to pick on them, you know, because there's some really great people out there, too. And I don't want to be picking on the men. So thanks for letting me share. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm a food addict and compulsive reader from Keene, New Hampshire. Um, what I want to share about is the fear I have um, about reaching my body weight goal, um, maintenance, so to speak, as our program calls it. I have, for the last six months or so, been constantly told by other people in program, oh, you're at maintenance, right? Are you at maintenance? Oh, congratulations, you must be at maintenance. And it sounds like such a terrific thing to hear from people in program, like, great, you did it. Um, but it, inside, I feel fear and anxiety and terror about my past patterns, which is you reach a goal, you stop. You get that thing and you reward yourself. Um, and for me, rewarding myself was always food. So um, I have had a lot of turnarounds with people and program through phone calls and meetings and talked about it a lot with people. And I'm finally starting to feel like I'm in a place where I don't feel terrified as much about thinking about getting to that goal place. But I just needed to say it out loud in a group of people who understand that um, sometimes the hardest thing is reaching a goal and letting yourself be okay with where you're at. Um, so I just wanted to say that, so thank you. Hi, I'm Angie, and a, <laughs> a compulsive overeater in recovery. I, hi. I learned to say that at one of these uh, workshops about not just being a compulsive eater, but in recovery, letting myself hear that. And this won't be too long because I have to go to the bathroom really bad. <laughs> the other thing is I use humor to 
to entertain you and get away from myself. And while I was standing there, I thought of all the funny things I could say. So I'm going to try not to do that. And I can be really funny. So um, <laughs> I came into the program, I don't know, a number of years ago, probably uh, I've been in 20 years or more, in and out. And I came because... Um, I wanted to find out why I was anorexic as a kid. And um, amazingly enough, I found out there was a lot of abuse, and I was shocked. I didn't know it, um, and it's been a long journey with that. But that was the reason I came in, and that's, and that's what I found out. But I also, when I was anorexic and a teenager, oh, my gosh, I felt, and I hear people, I've heard some of it, too, about other people that were anorexic, and I hear people talking about being fat when they were sorry, I said the F word, larger, overweight, um, about how bad they felt about themselves. And I want to tell you, as an anorexic, I felt exactly the same. I just hated myself. Oh, you're so thin, you can wear all these nice clothes, you know, I'd buy a size four or something. I felt awful about myself. Also, I never dated because boys aren't looking for anybody that looks like a stick at that age. And so, um, you know, I spent a lot of Saturday nights saying I should be doing something else. And so that all really played into how bad I felt about myself. Um, and so then, you know, when I became overweight, I, uh, I recognized those feelings. Then I went away to college and uh, left home and, and became a normal weight. And so I started dating and uh, I didn't know how to date. I mean, I dated everybody in the whole place and everybody's boyfriend. And uh, I didn't know what to do with them. You know, who knows what I was doing. So I had to learn all that. So the, the one story I really want to tell is um, my husband and I are both incest survivors. And we work together. We're put together to help each other. And we have stuffed animals that are different parts of us. And they talk to each other. And they tell information that probably I could not say. But my oldest teddy bear that's was as old as I am. And I'm 81, and I wanted... I know, say, you, oh, you don't look 81. I, <laughs> please, please. Uh, and I want to tell you, the recovery is never over. I just am still in recovery and working towards it. Anyway, I want to quick get this story in. Um, so I always wanted to be beautiful. I wanted to be told I was beautiful, but I was always cute, you know. So I didn't want to hear that. So we have these stuffed animals. Is that it? <laughs> okay. All right. I'll try to shorten it. I have this one stuffed animal that's almost as old as I am, and her name is Shiny. And she totally, looks totally unused, and I could never figure out why she wasn't used. And so um, we have a healing service at church, and Shiny talks to her partner. These stuffed animals are never alone. They travel in pairs or families. And... Uh, she went to a healing service just recently with me at my church. And I, I, I love these people, and they love me, so I felt okay taking her. A little weird. Anyway, I have a person there that irritates the heck out of me. And so I'm standing there and with my shiny in my arms. And my car's named Shiny, too. <laughs> okay, so she comes up to me, and she looks at my bear and not at me and says, You are so beautiful. And all those years of feeling not beautiful were just released by this person I don't even like. And there was about six of us there, and they all 
came over and talked to her and not to me. And it's a healing service where you place hands on each other. They place hands on Shiny. Shiny placed hand, paws on everybody else. And it was such a, a healing time. And that's the point. It's a, it was a gift from God. Uh, I didn't orchestrate that. And uh, I, I was there to participate in it. And I'm grateful for this program and you all. Thank you for letting me go on. Hi, I'm Maria, emotional compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. Hi. Hi. So when I was 15 years old, my mother received a phone call from the um, the advisor, the school advisor, that I was an excellent cheerleader. I was amazing, but they noticed I wasn't really fitting into the uniform anymore and that I had to be removed from the team. So even though I was one of the better cheerleaders, I could no longer be on the team because I didn't fit. And that was my first body image means more than who you are as a person. And it stayed with me. It stayed with me for a very long time. Um, I let a man say to me that I will marry you when you get to be 150 pounds. I graduated high school at 200 pounds. I was never 150. I mean, I'm sure I passed it. I wasn't born that size, but I'm sure I passed it on the way up at one point. But, uh, no recollection of ever being that at all. Um, and then when I was on my weight loss journey and I was not in this program, I met somebody who, uncharacteristically, I wasn't like, oh, yay, thank you, you love me just for me. Um, I said to him, yeah, this doesn't seem like a relationship that's going to work out for me, but we'll stay friends. So he wound up coming into my house and trying to rape me in my house because I was irresistible and he couldn't... Um, he couldn't resist just what I looked like. <sighs> you want to reason to gain 50 pounds? Like, that's fucking it. So he could resist me as a friend, but physically, it was very difficult. So body image is really such a powerful thing. Like, it, I used to think it was in my head and I'm body dysmorphic, um, but it's not. It's, like, out there. It's out there for other people. It's out there at how people come at me and how they react to me. So body dysmorphia, if you don't have it, congratulate yourself because that's amazing. But body dysmorphia looks like this. I look like this. I look like this. Okay, so if you're on the thing, I'm um, at a goal weight of, I'm a 5'4", I'm 145 pounds. Body dysmorphia looks like this. I'm riding my bike and I fall off my bike because I'm five, really. <laughs> I fell off my bike. And two men who are working landscaping come to run and try to pick me up. And I think, holy shit, they're going to try to pick me up. They're never going to get me off the ground. And one of these guys probably could have picked me up at 145 pounds, let alone two of them. I have totally blacked out. I have, I have no idea how I got up off that ground because the fear of oh my God, they would try to pick me up, was, was just absolutely incredible. So quick numbers, I was, I was a size 20. I was at 252 pounds. That was my highest. Um, like I already said, it was, I'm now 145 pounds. I went to Old Navy, and somebody had given me a pair of jeans that was a size 8. So I was like, oh, maybe I think I'll wear a size 8. And I went in, and she said, no, you can't wear an 8. You need a 6. And having body dysmorphia, you just, you don't, you don't get it. You just what? So you can't overcome it. My message is don't let somebody let you know that your self-worth is about what's on the outside, but it's, you know, knowing what you are on the inside. So thank you for letting me share. Um, 
Hi, my name is Merrill, and I'm from the Great Barrington, Berkshire, West, Western Massachusetts. Um, I eat compulsively, and, um, and I overeat. Um, this is an amazing topic. Um, I don't quite know what to say, except I guess some of my experiences. So the first time I went on a diet... I was, I'm five feet four, I weighed 128 pounds, I was 15 years old, and my mom and I decided that I was overweight. So I went to Weight Watchers and went down to 112. And the next year, 130, and the year after 140, and the year after 150. We know the story. Um, and there have been times in my life where I've been normal weight, but the point about body image is that when I weighed and I was normal weight, I had no idea. I had no idea what I looked like, except that it wasn't good enough. And I had no idea, nor do I now, really know how big I am or how little I am. This morning at breakfast, I didn't even think about this workshop, I shared with uh, people who are with me that in the bathroom there's a mirror that's like kind of from my pubic area up, you know, like if I'm just standing I kind of see my belly and up, and I was naked and I've lost, I've been abstinent since June 12th and I've lost 35 pounds. And um, I remember seven years ago when I lost about 50 pounds, I could not stand the flabbiness in my body. I preferred to be fat and firm. Really, I'm not kidding. I preferred to be fat and firm than thin and flabby. And seven years later, it's disgusting. I, I need to be honest so that I can accept it. But, um, like, I am so flabby. And I'm praying that I don't choose to eat over it because I can't stand it. Um, and I'm sick between here. Meaning, like, how can, how can I not know what I look like? I just don't get it. Um, and that's a disease. That's really my disease. Um, and I've thought this morning, this is crazy. I really... I, well, if I get down to body weight, maybe I can take some of the retirement money that I've saved and I'll get plastic surgery. That's not what my God wants for me. That's not what I think my God wants for me. My God wants me to accept me as I am and love me. And you know, if I can't do it for myself, I just have this thought right now in this moment that I could choose to do it so that maybe I can help somebody else. We'd like to thank every... Yeah, you, you, yeah, we both, yeah, just want to check. We'd, we'd like to thank everyone who attended the workshop. We'll now close the meeting with a serenity prayer. I want to say how touched I am by all the sharing and all the nods I'm seeing in the rooms and keep coming back.
anyone not comfortable holding hands doesn't have to hold hands. Okay. Um, except me. God. God. Grant me the serenity.